The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. I don't think you should be building rosters. I don't think you should be hiring coaches. I don't think you should be doing any of those things because it exceeds... It's like... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm burping up my apple right there. That's what that was. I wasn't pausing for effect. I literally was burping right, my can apple. Can we just go to break? No, 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 no. What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this. No. No. Is it our fault? <laughs> This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. We are top of the hour here. I want to make this point. If Jen's going to throw up, I don't want it to happen on the air. Not going to vomit, I promise. Because if she vomits, then I'm going to vomit. I'm going to have to clean this up. Who wants chowder? (laughs) I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw up. Don't throw up. Come on. Oh, this is ugly. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man look like he wanna fight. He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth. You know, there aren't many things that all of us can agree on. <laughs> Once that I'm an idiot. That is exactly what <laughs> yep. I was going to say. Yeah. Chewy was right. <laughs> anyone knows my password Chewy to my computer, right. please send it to me. 800 3776 We can take guesses. Did you try Superman 89? I don't know. We'll try it. <laughs> 1, well, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. A different screen showed up with different internet things. Yep. But the internet's not working, so what does it matter, right? You mean Correct. like internet options? Like Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I know I couldn't get on the uh, computer either. I had to go on my laptop. But what I was going to say before you guys started chuckling over there to yourself over Chewy's inability to log on to his computer. Welcome was, back, buddy. There are very few things that we all can agree on. But I think most people agree that Giannis Antetokounmpo must be protected at all costs. He is a national treasure. He is a uh, clearly a local celebrity, an international celebrity. Can I ask a question? You're going to. <laughs> is he a U.S. citizen? Because um, then he can't be a national treasure because he's technically not ours. Right? <laughs> over here, splitting hairs. He's, he's got a good point. So ours. In what world is Giannis not ours? Is Giannis not belong to Milwaukee? Because he plays for the Greek national team. That he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks drafted him. Yeah, famously. so he could be a Milwaukee treasure. Wait about the but same to as I do point, right he now. Can't be a actually, national when, he, when they drafted him, <laughs> can't Buck be a- twenty. <laughs> anyway, I got to tell you guys this morning. I woke up and I wanted to fight someone. I wanted to fight someone on behalf of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I know that it's an irrational response to the stimuli. I understand. I I knew this. It was like my rational brain was arguing with my irrational brain over how much. I should fight on behalf of Giannis Antetokounmpo. So Giannis was on The Daily Show last night with guest host Hassan Minaj. And here is what... What's name? (laughs) Hassan Minaj? Hassan Minaj, yes. What? Turn up the volume in your earphones. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. He's going to go deaf. I'm good. Take a listen to what went down in part on The Daily Show last night. Kevin Durant, let's go. (laughs) 
You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Oh! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I like that one. It was like a little simpler. <laughs> KD, where's the camera? Yeah? Where's the camera? KD, yeah. you're one of the best scorers to ever play this game. I respect your game. You know, uh, you've lead by example for 15 years. So you were I my hate this. You were my I favorite player growing up. I hate this. And Entertain me. I respect your game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come no, on. <laughs> I wanted to fight the guy, Chew. What are you trying to do trick our guy, Giannis? Why are you trying to make Giannis say things he would never say into a camera, into a microphone? But when it comes to trash talking, you can either trash talk or you can't. Correct. Giannis cannot. Correct. I don't think trash he wants talk. to trash talk. That was the point. And so again, I know I get the joke. I understand. I get the. I laughed, but I also had this very maternal instinct kick in of like wanting to protect Giannis Antetokounmpo because what ended up happening, guys, of course, is n- not everybody was in on the joke because there were a bunch of aggregate Twitter sites this morning that went and pushed it out on their accounts and did not, at, at, at least at first, indicate that it was a joke. They quote tweeted it. And it was quoted with it saying Giannis and then saying what he said about KD. And again, to the point where I was like, there's no flipping way Giannis would say that. I think you need to spend less time online. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be with, honestly, I agree with Gabe. You like if, if, but if you're right. paying attention to these aggregate sites, like this is something that is super fun and was super wholesome and incredibly genuine. And like him trying to then apologize for the things he said made it even funnier. And yeah, there are going to be dumb people online that are always going to try yes. to, you know, pee in your Cheerios and make something that is fun, not fun. It's going to happen for everyone. But do you think the NBA is pushing this? Because the regular season is really boring. And this would make it kind of interesting. So I think they were, I don't know if they've necessarily pushed this appearance per se, but I think this is what they were hoping when they invite someone like Hassan Minaj to play in their celebrity game. So now he makes that connection with Giannis. Yeah, that's it's conspiracy chewy here. I don't know what this is. No, it is, is, but I'm just going from, we had Ernie on, Ernie Johnson, who's wonderful, and that show is great. Jalen Jackson. (laughs) Is it Johnson or no? No, you nailed it, but you like looked at her. You were very, like, very, yeah. Ernie, she not, not Ernie Burton, Ernie. Like, <laughs> Ernie but everyone Alice. loves that show, and the regular season is so boring, and they're trying to make NBA peripherally that show, right? So that's why they're pushing. Because isn't I am struggling? I'm, today. You got Jokic, Mokish, whatever his name is, Nikola Jokic. Yes. Isn't he starting trash talking now and being funny? Or am I, mean, I missing things? I think you're missing things. Just in general. <laughs> I think I think you're missing like, things. Could you guys watch just a random NBA game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have. I think it ha- I think the Bucks have to be in it in order for me to be Yeah. In order for me to be invested. And I'm not even there yet with the Bucks in it. Like I tuned it's in. It's not watchable to me. I, and, I, after Dame had 41 at halftime, I tuned in watched a little bit of Dame lighting up the Rockets as he went for 71 the other night. But I like this juice that they're trying to, you know, what's wrong with Kevin Durant yakking it up with Giannis? I think it's great, right? 
Get yeah, a little momentum for a potential finals run here. But that's the here? thing. Like, that's not Giannis. Like, maybe some other guy you could have him play that role. Yeah. But that's not Giannis. Like, one of the things we love about Giannis is that he's not involved in the trash talk, that he doesn't seem to need to do this hierarchy thing with him and other players in the league. He doesn't seem to need to remind people that he's so good. That's why That's with why this bit exception. is funny. Yeah. And with one well, exception. Yes, well, again, you there guys are, is one, I don't think, one exception. I don't think you guys <laughs> are very listening to what I'm saying. I was very acutely aware of the joke. I was very acutely aware of how great it was. But I still had this maternal instinct kick in of like, don't put Giannis in a position to where all of these people out there on social media are now saying that Giannis is a bad guy. But who cares or Giannis about those people? No, no, no. I, are you listening to me say that it was an irrational <laughs> this is, reaction? This is why I'm, Ashton and I are telling you to get off. But this is what I'm trying to say. Oh, first of all, <laughs> impossible. Have to do a job. Doesn't work that way. But here's what I'm trying to say. I think it speaks to how great Giannis is. That I had this visceral, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think people in Milwaukee want to protect Giannis at all costs. They recognize how wonderful he is. They recognize how talented he is. They recognize his role in obviously bringing a title to Milwaukee. And so there's a part of us that is very protective of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I love that about our relationship with this guy. Do you think that relationship will ever change? Like if he leaves, let's say he gets to the no, end of the contract and I decides don't. that he's I don't. needs a new challenge and leaves. I don't. You don't think we'll get sick of him? I don't. No, I'm with Jen on that. No. He'd have to do at this point of his career and his like attitude with the Bucks, he'd have to do something like horrible. Yeah, he, but did he oh, leave, oh, oh, oh. did you ever think Rogers would get to the point where he's at now with with someone like Favre to blaze the trail path? I was about Forum. to say, I'll, I'll one-up you. Did I think you ever think that? When, when Brett was in the middle of his three MVPs and going to back-to-back Super Bowls, that was the point I was going to make. Nobody yeah. thought, now I don't think that Giannis is going to be you know defrauding any states anytime soon, so I think he's safe on that front. But even some of the other stuff, Brett, before he got in that legal hot trouble. But Jen, how are you going to handle... Because Brett was so beloved in the 90s. How are you going to handle Giannis going to Chicago and then to L.A. towards the end of his career? He's not... It- He's not staying here. The I don't whole think time. it will ever change how I feel deep down about Giannis. I just think he's such a unicorn from a personality standpoint. I think like the idea of him coming over here, and there's this whole series out right now, and I encourage everybody, whether you're a Bucks fan or not, to check it out that Journal Sentinel is doing on Giannis and talking about the history and all that. And there's a great article that reminds us of like the dude gets drafted, gets here to Milwaukee, he literally has no friends. No friends. Yeah, it's a know great story. Anyone, mm-hmm. right? And he's grinding and he's fighting. We all know about sending the money back to Greece for his family and having to having to run to the to the stadium for practice that one day. And the people picked him up. Like, there's something about the way that he has ingrained himself in the culture, in the history of Milwaukee. Now, at least over the last ten plus years, that is, I don't think is ever going to be watered down. I don't think it will ever be affected negatively. When you did local stuff here. Way back in the day, what'd you think? Well, what'd you think of Rogers? Jen, what was you your old? What was your relationship with Rogers? Liked him, loved him, thought he was great. Again, same thing, right? D- fell in the draft, had to sit behind Favre. Yeah. People chanting Favre's name at at, at minicamp at uh, oh, uh what? Why can't I think of what that is? Like, is it minicamp? Was it minicamp? Now it's OTAs. It, yeah. yeah, it was minicamp. Minicamp's OTAs. Yeah. When people were chanting Favre's name that they wanted yeah. Brett back and Aaron's out there running with the ones and like the adversity he had to go through. And I think he presented himself as very likable. Uh, confident, yes. Borderline cocky, sure. 
But there was something about that storyline that I think people appreciated. Yeah. Uh, I mean, haircut choices have been questionable for Rodgers over the years. But, you know, beyond that, you know, and, and I think I, when he did the show with Jason, it took it to another level. I yeah. think everyone got a better look at who Rodgers is and, and how he operates. And it just kind of got away from him the last few years. I just don't put athletes in that spot. What spot? The spot you're putting, like Giannis in. What do you mean? Well, because we all, I mean, I didn't I didn't grow up to the level Giannis did, but I slept in the same bed and I wore hand-me-down women's shoes for sneakers because we could. Most athletes have a story like that. That's why when we hear that stuff, we're like, eh. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were uber poor. I mean, Chewie got jumper cables for Christmas one I year. Did. I did have a car. I did have a car. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of guys weren't, like I said, to the extent where Giannis grew up. But I mean. But I think it's beyond his back. I mean, Donald Driver. Being honest. Donald Driver. Sure. Was homeless. Stole cars. Well, that's no big deal. <laughs> well, not in Ask that Ashton how he feels yeah, about a big deal stealing all. cars. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, it's, a, it's a little close to home here on Jen Gabe and Chewy, bud. Okay. <laughs> But it's not really a big deal. <laughs> Unless you're the person without the car. <laughs> well, could your parents still call the cops and say someone stole my car? I mean, I guess they could still press charges against their own kid. Now, if you return the car and there was a reward for the car being returned, do you get to claim the reward? Well, the car didn't come back in the same shape as when we took it. So my guess <laughs> is the reward like is going to go towards... Was this when you tore up the track? That was the cat. <laughs> The cat. Cat? We C-A-T? Blew, we blew up an M80 in my parents. Cat? Not the cat. We blew up the seat, but we took catnip, stuffed it in the hole, and let the cat dig it out and said the cat's the one that did it, not the M80 that dropped between my legs and almost blew my gonads off. <laughs> <laughs> I told that story, right? You, I believe you have, and I believe you just gave Ashton the title hey, of our one podcast. <laughs> let me ask you a question. You were uber poor, but you got enough change lying around to pick up some M80s? All right, look. <laughs> we stole it. <laughs> allegedly. Again, allegedly. I'd say you're never too poor <laughs> no. to be a teenage boy and buy M80s. No. You're going to learn that soon, but... Yes. Very you're never, soon. You're never too poor as a teenage boy to spend a little bit of dough... On some fireworks. So, Chu, you seem to think that there might be a change in the narrative or the perception if if Giannis does leave Milwaukee. I just have, you know, I think you always have your guard up now, especially with, well, even the athletes back in the day, you know, Reggie kind of went off the wires there a little bit, right, at Mm -hmm. the end, you know. I just think that Giannis is just so genuine in who he is and honest to a fault but not cruel in in his honesty that I think that you're going to be able to, if he ever leaves Milwaukee, yeah, be, you know what? I respect it. Thank you for the time. Right. It's I've, just, I've known too many athletes where like they portray themselves out into the media as this kind of guy. And you sit here and go, this guy's so full of crap. Absolutely. So and full I don't of crap. think that's the case with this guy. No, but, I don't listen, either. I mean, again, could be wrong. We only see so much, but I agree. I think if Giannis goes somewhere else, we will probably celebrate his success and everything he has done for the city of Milwaukee. Because he's going to have a statue. He's going to have a statue out in front of Pfizer Forum at some point. No question. We got to get to Jason Wilde. uh, The Combine starting in Indianapolis. And Brian Gutekunst is supposed to speak today. We'll talk to Jason about what he thinks he could say in Indy right after this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! 
all Packers, all the time. When you look at this offense and you say, who scared opposing defenses when he was being utilized? Aaron Jones is still at the top of the list. I don't care what you know Christian Watson did over a four-game stretch. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. <laughs> it's Jason Wildy on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. We appreciate our guy Jason Wildy taking time out of his day to hang out with us knuckleheads on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. How you doing today, Jason? Well, I mean, do I really have a choice? <laughs> he doesn't really. He's contracted to do it. Wow. Partners. I just assumed I, I, that you I, I, no, like no, 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 talking no. to us. But hey, if you want to... I do. I do. I don't want it framed as I'm some sort of magnanimous, just what an unselfish guy to spend three days a week with these knuckleheads, as you put yourselves. I just want to be clear that I do it. Yes, it's an obligation, but it's an obligation I do with joy in my heart. <laughs> and I appreciate well, you guys even more than you appreciate me. Let me be very clear. I do think that your credibility takes a hit when you hang out with us so regularly. I just I just want to no. put that out there. So, like, no. that's what I'm saying. No. Like, look at this. Capital J journalist Jason Wildy. Jason J. No, 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 no. Gabe takes... <laughs> I mean, you and Chewy, sure, but Gabe takes care of the legitimacy. It's fine. It really is. What about Ashton? I mean, his name, his name's not on the marquee. I mean, I know he's got a really, really big title down there, and he's a big deal and everything else, but no, no, it's, it's Gabe, really, that gives legitimacy to, to my appearances and, and to your program. So thanks for having me. Jason, how do you anticipate Brian Gutekunst handles the media avail today in Indianapolis at the Combine? Obviously, we were joking yesterday that questions one, two, and three will all be Aaron Rodgers related. How do you anticipate him handling those questions? You think it'll really stop after three? Nope, sure don't. Nope. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't either. Um, You know, I I will admit that, and I don't have this very often, um, because while I spent the first 20-plus years of my career traveling to absolutely everything, every preseason game, every regular season game, every playoff game, every combine, every NFL meetings. Um, I, I don't really, at this point with where the girls are at, I don't feel a lot of uh, disappointment or, gosh, I'm really missing out. Oh, but like FOMO. Today I am. Like a FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. Uh, so I, today I feel it a little bit. Uh, Goody, there was a lot of talk because he's done this before, uh, where he was going to actually talk before he went to the scouting combine here in green Bay, and then just do the one podium thing, uh, with all of the media that are assembled there at the Indiana convention center. And then he instead decided, and whether or not it was, uh, anxiety over being asked, do you really find Aaron Rodgers disgusting? Um, he decided to do it all at the Combine. So he's going to do his podium thing at, at 9 a.m. our time, and then later on at some point during the day, maybe right after, I don't know, he's going to sit down with all the Wisconsin media that are there and talk to them on a more extended basis. So um, I, I, am, I wish I was there. Uh, I thought about driving down on spur of the moment, and then the weather made sure that I thought, you know what, that's dumb. 
Um, so I didn't go, but I, I am very eager to see not only how he answers questions, but how they're framed. Uh, Homer and I did a little role play on Homer and Tony yesterday of, you know, how, how, how to ask Goody some of the questions that relate to the things that have cropped up uh, in the last couple of weeks. For instance, um, Goody, does it bother you that private conversations that you had with other people from other teams or people that used to work for you, uh, does it bother you that they're sharing your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers uh, publicly with other people? Um, because that doesn't give them a chance to say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to, you know, you don't, if you ask him, do you talk to other people about the Packers business? He's able to say, I'm not going to answer that. But if you ask it that way, I'd be curious how he would handle it. Um, those kinds of things I really feel like I'm missing out on, but yes, I'm sure there'll, there'll be lots of Rogers questions. I know Rob Domofsky and Matt Schneidman and, and uh, Bill Huber are all thinking of ways to try and ask him questions that he can't wriggle off the hook on. Uh, I don't think Wes Hodkowitz and the Packers.com crew are going to ask those types of questions, so I think they're okay there. But it'll be really interesting to see what he says. I maintain that he is marginally, if at all, better than Ted when it comes to being open and honest and, and sharing uh, more insight with us thereby sharing more insight with the fans. I, I don't, I know that he's uh, a little slightly more charismatic uh, and uh, a little more expansive in answers, but I don't think he says anything. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's vastly different than Ted. And quite frankly, before Ted got sick, I would argue that he actually was um, more interesting and gave us more information than people realized at the time. It's because he's got sizzle, Jason. Zizzle? So uh, I've got sizzle. Continuing with the role-playing, Jason, if you were Goody and I said to you, were there stipulations put on his return? How do you think he'd answer that? Yeah, it's a, that's perfect. Like, uh, Or what stipulations have you put on him if he returns? Is he, um, he going to answer that stuff or is he just – because then it's worthless. I, yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, you know, I, and I think that – and this is not exclusive to Goody. It's not exclusive to the Packers. Um, I've told this story before where uh, we asked Mike Sherman a myriad of questions in a press conference once, and then he magically appeared uh, at my office um, on the second floor above the media auditorium and knocked on my door and came in and sat down. And then at one point he said, boy, I really gave you guys nothing today. Huh? That was great. And I said, Mike, <laughs> that's not an accomplishment, man. Like, I, I understand that this sounds hokey, but we really are. We're the conduit between you and the fans. And yes, you've got Packers.com and whatever else, but like there's questions your fans want answered. And, and I will admit this is my number one pet peeve because I hear this, well, we, we do, you know, we do the same as other teams do. In some instances we do more. Yeah, that's true. But there's only one team that loves to tell everyone how we're owned by the fans. And in my opinion, that puts you at a higher standard. If you want to be able to use that, and you want to tell, tell everybody the quaint story about how you got, you know, 360,000 shareholders or whatever the number is now, that's great. But then you should hold yourself to a higher standard than, say, the Jets do about how much they tell the media. So that's just my take. Again, my job is the same whether you're uh, helpful and insightful or not, but it's about your fans, believe it or not. And if Goody 
gets all these questions and he ducks all of them, the only justification that I would give him, Chewy, is if he's concerned that something he might say, kind of like some of the things he might have said to former colleagues or current colleagues that have gone public, um, if, if his concern is that by saying something today, he could jeopardize whatever's going to happen with Rogers. If he says that and admits that, and that's the truth, then I, then I'll respect that. And then I'll, then I'll be on board. Jason, is it possible that Matt LaFleur is not going to the combine in parts because he's going to be the one who ends up meeting with Aaron Rodgers here now that Rodgers is out of the darkness? Maybe. Uh, I haven't thought in those terms necessarily. Um, you know, look, this has become, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's become a trend because I don't think it's that many coaches. I'm eager to see, there's another thing that I'm eager to see today and the next couple of days is how many coaches uh, did not come because there were a handful. I think uh, John McVay didn't come last year. There were a couple of others. So I'd be curious the reasoning behind it because I am, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a believer in more information is better. In virtually 100% of situations, more information is better than less. And if you're getting ready for the draft, and, and look, you could argue that the reason he's not going and maybe the possibility of why he sees no point in going is because Goody doesn't really have any interest in coach's input. That I could see. That I could definitely see. But the idea that um, – he's not going because he's going to talk to Aaron Rodgers this week. Maybe I, I I'm really curious. I'd, I'd ask you guys this. Who do you think is the best uh, representative for the organization right now to talk to Rodgers about their desire to have him back? Who do you think would be the, if, if, if the Packers do want him back, which again, we have to acknowledge that maybe some of the reporting is inaccurate. But if the Packers indeed want him back, who would you send to talk to him? Murphy. Murphy with a big suitcase full of cash, like he when he when he went down to Mississippi to see Farf. Yeah, it's just Lafleur. Lafleur and Rogers seemed a little scarred, disconnected, sure. disconnected. I agree. Obviously, Goody, yeah. his relationship is frayed. Yeah, I was about to say, in terms of people, he is thrown under the bus. I don't think he's thrown Murphy under the bus. Murphy's thrown him under the bus, but he hasn't been thrown Murphy Which under the bus. Which you could argue, given who you're dealing with, might actually be worse. Yep, good point. So, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's no... There, like, Jay, remember... There's well, just Jerry, a respect... Yeah, there's just a respect when, you have for guys who played the game and Murphy played the game. You can bring it to that level, you know? Yeah. Like, the guy we always hung was, around with, Jason, as a coach, was Nolan Cromwell. Swollen Nolan. Because he was a great player and everyone loved him, and he knew what it took to play on the field. So, yeah, from that standpoint, that's so the, what I would do. So the do. reason I ask this, the reason I ask this, is because I was, I don't know, I, I, someone will have to explain to me how Facebook knows what things I want to watch and what things I don't. But I had pop up in my feed the other day the uh, NFL Films piece on James Campen that Rogers narrated a couple of years ago. You guys remember that? Uh, Campy was with the I don't Texans remember at the it time. All. Yeah, it's really good, by the way. Um, if Aaron Rodgers does decide to retire and doesn't open a, a darkness retreat franchise, he can uh, do voiceover work. He did a really good job. But I was thinking back to 
the summer of 08 and Campy was on the coaching staff and they sent Campy down to Mississippi to talk to him. And remember Campy got in a little bit of hot water because mm-hmm. one of the things Campy said was, well, if you come back, what there's nothing they can do to stop you from coming back and reporting. And, you know, I always wondered if that was going to cost Campy and instead, you know, he's the longest tenured assistant coach in Packers history. But my point is, is that he was a guy that Brett had played with that Brett trusted and sending him down there while ultimately things got crazy was a pretty good idea. I can't think of anybody. I, I mean, what's Tom? You, you got to send Tom Clements. I don't even know if Tom Clements is still working there. <laughs> like, he might be retiring, right? So possible. I just, it, it's really, it's an interesting question, Gabe. And I don't know what the answer is, but you know, I, I also uh, would be curious to know, like a couple of years ago, Matt LaFleur was like, you know, we're screwed if this guy doesn't come back. And now, you know, I don't get the sense that he's slamming his fists on the table saying we cannot, we cannot move on from this guy or we're, we're in really big trouble. I don't, I don't get the sense of that. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what makes it in my mind anyway, complicated on figuring out how to get the complicated fella on the same page with you. Well, and I think Bill Huber put out an article that posted yesterday that said the time is now or the time is right to trade Aaron Rodgers. And part of the defense was because they do feel more confident in who they have backing him up, who could be the heir apparent in Jordan Love. And again, I don't think that that needs to be overstated. It's just that they are more confident in him today than they were a year ago or two years ago or whenever these other decisions may have been staring them in the face. I agree, but that's, I mean, if we're being honest, and again, I really like Jordan. I've had some great conversations with him. I do agree that he has improved significantly, but if we're saying that they're more confident in him now than they were before, that's, that's a really low bar. If we're, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean, he was terrible in the summer of 2020. I mean, he was as bad as some of the other quarterbacks that I've seen come through here. He was slightly better in 21's training camp. He was markedly better this past training camp. Uh, even as I think Bill points out in his piece, even the Eagles admitted that they were playing soft coverage when he was completing all those passes on his 10 snaps at the end of the Eagles game. Like, I think I, I would be, I, I would wonder if the Packers are looking at love, if that's how they truly feel through um, not rose colored glasses, but, uh, ayahuasca colored glasses. I'm sick of the quarterback's stuff, colored glasses, and they're seeing Jordan as better than what we've actually seen. Now, in fairness, I we don't get to watch the competitive, you know, 11 on 11 periods that they do during practice during the week. We're kicked out of practice long before that, so maybe he was really good with the scout team at times. And remember, he played a bunch of snaps in practice with the ones while Rogers was dealing with the thumb. So maybe there's been a ton of improvement since camp. And since preseason, but I'm still dubious on that. I, I think he's better, but is he? Would you rather have him be your starter this year? Uh, I'm skeptical of that. I still think Rodgers is coming back. All of the stuff, I think, all of the conversations. I'm still in the camp of path of least resistance, and also I don't mm-hmm. think he wants to go out on a season where he was injured, had the broken thumb, which you know many will claim affected his ability to perform. I don't think he wants that to be the last. Uh, Lasting image, last thing people think of when they think of Rodgers. Jason, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out with us. I know you have to. It's in your contract. But 
Bring so much. I don't even have a contract. It's I'm in your fake. It's in your non-contract. I don't know who I'm going to, I don't know who I'm going to call next, but no, uh, I appreciate you guys a lot. I really do. I like giving you a hard time. You guys are the best. And, and congratulations on being like the third best, morning radio show in all of america in sports right it, what what you were really high in the rankings this year so kudos to you guys Great job. sure really the hell are you it's definitely it's definitely chewy's power rankings. i had us at five <laughs> <laughs> Jason, have a great one. We'll talk to you again soon. You can listen to Jason Wildey on Wildey and Tausch right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy from 9 to noon right here on ESPN Wisconsin. we got to take a break. Roll on right after this. Ridge Top Exteriors provides the best quality roof, siding, windows, doors, expertly installed at an affordable price. Should probably just be the end of the read, That's right? great like, so far. That's, that's all you need to know about Ridge Top Exteriors. Again, best quality roof, siding, windows, doors, expertly installed at an affordable price. If you're having, looking to do an exterior project to your home, that's really all you need to know about that company. But... That's not all with Ridge Top Exteriors. Because despite having all of those great things, best quality roof, siding, windows, doors, expertly installed at an affordable price, their number one goal is customer service. They consider customer service that number one goal. They strive to exceed the expectations of the homeowners they serve. So now, not only do you get the best quality roof, siding, windows, doors, expertly installed at an affordable price with Ridge Top Exteriors, you also get it with great customer service, which is so hard to find in 2023. And if you have a big project, like an exterior project to your home, of course you want great customer service. So get a free estimate, because of course it's going to be a free estimate. It's Rich Top Exteriors. For your next project, just log on to their website, richtopexteriors.com. One, it's Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. I mean, how many free agents did they get last year? One. Who? Jaron Reed. Oh, and Sammy Watkins. Oh, yeah, I can't. Again, keep forgetting about him existing. How can you forget about his blocking? His blocking is unbelievable. On 94.5 ESPN. Happy NFL Combine, everybody. Chew, do you remember your combine? I do. <laughs> You're I, laughing because you know a story. Went to Hooters right after. It was wonderful. When you leave the combine and say, wow, you're a really good long snapper. Mm. It's got six round written all over it. Yeah, but you did all right. But, you know, for the He's com- so slow, we had to go to Hooters afterwards. I, I, I wasn't by myself. <laughs> It's better in my mind if you're by no, yourself. No, I don't understand why they're trying to do away with a combine and if they're going to these individual workouts because there is a part of it I think that's valuable. When you get a guy who's you know considered maybe a top three draft pick and you put him around other guys in that competitive nature where all, they're all trying to do the best, some guys freeze up. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You run the gauntlet. You've seen the gauntlet where the runner, where the receiver runs across the field, catches it here, catches it here, catches it here. I mean, I've seen like really good receivers drop all five of them. But wouldn't you argue, though, that you're an example of how bull honky the combine is? If you had an um, underwhelming performance of the combine and you went on to have a very successful NFL career and won a Super Bowl, like, you know, and are considered one of the best tight ends to play the game, like, it yeah. feels like maybe the combine might not exactly be the thing to indicate future success in the league. No, it's not. But I've also seen guys, well, we've all seen them, that are first-round picks, ran the 4-2-3, the Mike Mamulas of the world, mm-hmm. who 
did unbelievable at the combine and then had just a Mac career because they get their success right away. They're like, I've arrived, you know, I've arrived. And then they never arrive. Yeah. They don't put in the work after that. Like I was like, all right, I can go one of two ways. I can dig ditches or maybe play in the NFL. I don't want to dig ditches. So then it took me a little longer to figure it out. But once you, you have a moment, and I remember my moment moment in training camp, and I had it in college too because I was the last scholarship offered. And then I get up there for my first training camp, and I'm like, wow, these guys really aren't that good. You so know, if I just put well, a I mean, little work in, there's, maybe. Yeah. There's probably a reason you guys went three and nine. That's true, but I got my guy. <laughs> but then you get to the NFL, and it's like, you know, these guys are good, but you figure it out. And you find a place for yourself, and then you work hard, and then you move up the ladder, and then it, yeah, then it pays off. So but I guess having you here today, I, I want to ask, could they get rid of the combine? Could they, again, and look, I think that the NFL is at kind of a crossroads here yeah. because, one, you're seeing teams like the Packers and others who are not sending their coaches, but they are sending scouts and they're sending other personnel people who are not going to the Combine. You also have people saying that you can, you, you, you it, do, it isn't an accurate representation necessarily or a perfect indicator of who's going to have success in the league. On the other hand, the NFL loves being a year-round thing. It loves having yeah. all of the eyeballs on its league versus all of the other things that are currently going on. So I don't know if the NFL wants to really relinquish that that corner. Doesn't really want to I, I relinquish think that real it's estate. It's stupid from a logistical reason because now if you're going to do all individual workouts, now you got to go to South Dakota State instead of the kid from South Dakota State coming to Indianapolis and you can see all the South Dakota State kids there. But so much of it now, Chu, is so many guys don't do the drill that you were just describing, the gauntlet drill where you run, catch it, run a zigzag, and you're catching it up and down the field. Like, so few guys do that. I can't remember which quarterback. One quarterback is throwing, the other one's not throwing. Yeah. Some guys are going to do it. It's mostly like you show up, you do your bench press. Some guys don't even do that. You run your 40, you do your three cone, and, and it's more for the interviews because you can get a 40 time from anywhere, sure. right? Sure. But the problem, Gabe, is... With this team, especially the Packers over the last couple of years, they've sucked at the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. They're not developing them, right? I mean, yeah. when I played, you could say Dorsey Levin's uh, fifth-round pick, Marco Rivera's sixth-round pick, Adam Timmerman's sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick. You know, that's what you're finding at the Combine. Everyone knows the first-rounder that runs a 4-3. And that's been the problem. I mean... But now again, is this a thing where it's antiquated because all of the film is available online at the click of a, at the click of a link, right? So if I want to see the kid from South Dakota, yeah. which again, they, they drafted Christian Watson, right? And again, you, you probably knew about him more than other guys because he climbed up the wide receiver charts last season to the point where we were talking about him before the Packers even drafted him as a potential uh, marriage between those two sides. So my question to you is, if you can see all of those things on film, if you can make the calls, you can do the zooms and all of that stuff, is it necessary to be in Indianapolis this week in order to ensure that you get the right guy for your squad? Probably not, because I don't know what the percentages are now, but back when I was in my combine days, I thought it was all about what you did on the field. You know, I was four-time Big East, not to toot my own horn, but All-American, uh, Boston College leading receiver, and we obviously you didn't have the information back then, so I'm like, I got this. Woo. See my resume? 
And I didn't know it was 80% combine, 20% on the field, which explains why I went in the sixth round. I don't know how it is today, whether they're whether it flipped, whether it's 60% what you do on the field and 40% what you do off. I feel like they're trending more towards what do you look like on the field, and it gets tougher for a guy like Christian Watson, right, playing in the FCS versus yeah, the FBS. Or how does even, that translate yeah. against NFL competition? So I think it becomes a little bit more important for, but I think for SEC guys, it, it's how do you look on the field? Negligible, right? Because so many guys over the years... Like, we're able to run a fast 40 that didn't translate because they yeah. would hire a sprint coach to get ready just for the 40 yard, you know, 40 yard dash that they're running at yeah. the combine. And it just then wouldn't translate. But to the then field. the other issue is, and this we saw that this is this the last two years with Green Bay is let's say you're taking a bunch of guys from Georgia like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Eric Stokes, and you're going, well, that's the best defense in college football. How much is them? individually as an athlete and how much is the scheme and yeah. then being surrounded yeah, by five sure. stars mm-hmm. that made them look really good. Yeah. So no, it, it cuts both ways. Yeah. Because and just goes to show the draft is such an inexact science. And I asked Ron that. I'm like, I guess I was kind of a was he paying attention? Not no. It slipped one through. I was kind of a Richard because I'm like, why why were you so bad at first and early round picks? And he said, I didn't pick football players. He said, "I pick, I pick combine guys, and that didn't always work out, you know." So, and but sometimes it does, right? Like think sometimes about some of the guys, does. like DK Metcalf, right? Yeah. Exploded onto people's consciousness because of what he did at the combine, and now it has translated for him mostly in the league. And I feel like it, that even somehow worked against him because right. he ended up going in the second round too because, like, muscly. oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's too big, yeah. he's too fast, he's too strong. Like, but but it was too much, like. Okay, doesn't necessarily all are all these combine skills that he just absolutely killed it in? Are they going to translate yeah. to the NFL? And there are a lot of questions, which is why he ended up going in the second. What's round. What's crazy to me is I understand these teams saying that they can be more efficient, they can devote time elsewhere if they're not going to the combine. When you talk when you talk about coaches specifically, but the margin for victory is so thin. In the NFL, we talk about this all the time, right? We've even used it when we talk about Aaron Rodgers showing up to the OTAs. It is a little surprising to me that the league and teams and franchises have got to a point where they say the margin of victory is so thin and yet this still us going there and maybe potentially interviewing guys or maybe potentially being able to be face-to-face with somebody and make a decision on them more educated than if we just did it over Zoom still isn't enough to make us book the flights, book the hotels, and get down there. That's interesting to me because you're always looking for an advantage. And you can make the argument that being there in person does give you, again, a minimal advantage, a partial advantage. And if that gives you the advantage over the next team in line, maybe that's enough. Yeah, it's, I mean, the combine is just, as I said, it can be a crapshoot, right? Like you can figure, oh, this guy's going to be really good. This guy did this, this guy did that, and then he just doesn't fit your team. Or even things can change. And I know this wasn't a draft pick. But I think about those face-to-face interviews, Jen, right? You're blown away by this guy. The Packers were really blown away with Darius Smith when they signed him. And they were blown away. He was a great locker room guy. Really? Until he wasn't. Oh. Like, he was great. He was voted captain. And then something changed. I don't know if it was contract-related, if he was upset about something, because then he wasn't voted captain, made his little captain medallion, didn't really play his last year, eventually gets released. But, I mean, he, by all accounts, those first couple of seasons in Green Bay was great. People loved him, voted captain, and then some, something along the lines changed. Hmm. So you can have great interviews and impress, and that can still 
not even matter. I wonder how the fans feel about Matt LaFleur not being at the combine, if they feel like it's not a big deal. I feel like we put that on an ESPN Milwaukee Twitter poll. I'll check the results on that. We'll come right back after this. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ryan and McGuanago weighing in. Hey, if you find something that sucks for 25 years, you hold on to that. <laughs> yeah, that is very good point. Because usually the sucking only happens before you get married, and then the sucking <laughs> just stops. We're going to get fired. Yeah. On 94.5 ESPN. Here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, it is our weekly ode to Huey Lewis and the news doesn't get nearly enough credit. So we try to uh, make up for that here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Last week, I guess it was two weeks ago now, when the NBA All-Star Game was going on, there was a commercial that aired with Boban and Goldfish. And Goldfish was releasing a Boban hand dish. You're like, what, what? The Boban Bowl. Those words don't go together. No, now I'm starting to think college football, the Boban Bowl. (laughs) In West Palm. Um, That would be (laughs) sick. If Boban sponsored a bowl and the trophy was just his hand. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. (laughs) But the thing is, you can buy the Boban hand. The goldfish. They They have to be gold. For goldfish. Yeah. Right? Because this one is white. So if you're not following here because we're doing a horrible job of explaining what's happening, understandable. So goldfish teamed up with Boban, NBA star Boban, of course. He's one name. It's like Madonna. It's like Cher. And it's 10.75 inches. That's how big his hand is. And he is making a cup or a bowl, if you will, with his hand. Apparently, he can hold 301 goldfish crackers in his hand, which got us wondering... How many goldfish can we hold in our hands? So, Chu, you've got the biggest hands. You said famously they've been measured probably at the combine or some sort of workout like that. How big are your hands compared to Boban's 10.75 inch hand? His is 10.7? Yeah. That's 10.75. Mine's nine something. Nine and a half, nine and three quarters, which most quarterbacks' hands are. Um, I'm just trying Wait, to pull up some. You're not a quarterback. That one time. Some size. All right. Like Joe Burrow's hands, right, is a nine. Okay. Uh, Jared Goff, nine. I'll give you some of the bigger well, Rogers ones. Rogers famously has big hands, Yeah, he's right? got bigger um, hands. Hold on. Russell Wilson has ten and a quarter. Really? That's big. Josh Allen, ten and an eighth. Aaron Rodgers, ten and an eighth. Yeah, that's big. Who has the biggest hands in the NFL? I think it's... I don't think they measure O-linemen and things like that. I think it's just skill positions. What exercises should I have done headed into this to stretch my hand? Uh, you don't have that, the right? equipment to do that. Uh, so. <laughs> so the largest hand measurement in combine history is 11.75 inches. Whoa. Wow. Record shared by DeForest Buckner okay. and Mo Alley-Cox. Uh, I remember Mo Alley-Cox. Did he play for the Red Sox? <laughs> Did he do that on purpose? He did. <laughs> what? What did I do? <laughs> I'm new here. <laughs> I'm new-ish. Are you thinking of Willie Mo Pena? Yes! <laughs> Willie Mo Pena. Willie Mo! <laughs> I love Willie Mo. 
The three names really confuses you, huh? You must really struggle with assassins. I, I am um, so upset that I knew who he was talking about. Are you? You seem like you're kind of proud, if I'm being honest. Anyway, we are going to do the Bobon Hand Challenge. We all have our individual bags of goldfish here. So in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to see how many goldfish we can fit in our hand. It will not come close, likely, to Bobon's 301. 301 goldfish, my goodness. But I do think I can get 100. I think I can get 100 uh, goldfish in my hand. Why, why do you always doubt my aspirations? Because I think I'm only ambitions? 150. Yeah, I don't think you're getting to 100. I think I can do it. 100. Stack them up. Let's okay. go. I'm taking the under. Yeah. I'm, again, we're, we're starting Who's to understand why Jen these? loses all of her bets. Bobon Hand Dish <laughs> Challenge coming up on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy.